listening to the Monster Caddy Podcast. This is part two of the Caddy versus Rabbit episode. My name is Dan Locke. I'm here with Aaron Liston and Bobby Ullman. Let's get back to the show. Uh, yeah, so before the break, uh, Bobby just got your 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 truck. I nearly said caddy then. You got your rabbit pickup back <laughs> back to the homelands. Yep. Now, obviously, that was sort of like four years ago. Since then, talk us through some of the things that you've just had to change or, or modify <laughs> or repair with the pickup over the years. Since bringing it back, what have you had to do to it? Uh, so the first thing for me with any kind of new car purchase is I completely strip everything and I clean it like super deep clean it. Um, I'm pretty anal about just getting something to its absolutely perfect state that it can be. Um, sure. And like, obviously the first way is obviously cleaning it. And then if something is either broken, it has to be replaced or repaired, um, or repainted. So I kind of do everything in that philosophy and with the truck, that was definitely uh, the first thing I did. So I, I stripped the whole interior out of the truck, and uh, I stripped out uh, everything uh, out of the engine bay besides the actual core of the engine, more or less. You know, I, I left um, the engine itself, but everything attached to it, um, I, I t- kind of took off of it, radiator, all that shit. And uh, I deep cleaned all the paint and uh, you know, in the bay, the bed, next year. Uh, and then I, I kind of just went through just about everything. Um, and, uh, more or less I tried. So the very first kind of phase of the truck was to make it look the best that it could, um, originality wise and just what I had, uh, there, um, before buying anything for it. And I got the truck more or less looking like pretty damn close to probably what it looked like when it came off the showroom floor in the sense of just, uh, originality standpoint. So, you know, I got brand new skinny tires. I redid and everything I did, I did myself. I, I redid all the, the steel wheels, the four and a half inch wide, side, uh, wide steel wheels. Um, I went through all the, the brakes. Um, I, I, w- I went through like all of like any any rubbers, anything like that that needed to be done as far as uh, you know, like plastic or rubber, like in the engine bay. Um, but I, I left the glass in the truck, and um, yeah, I mean more or less everything else I kind of took off. Um, but then I started to acquire like, you know, new, new parts for it. Uh, and when I say new, not necessarily always like an aftermarket new piece, just like a new to me item. That's in better condition. Sure. Um, I, I'm really big on uh, new old stock parts. So I, I tried to hunt down as much as that, that I needed for the truck. Um, and, uh, found a lot of that through just, you know, word of mouth or Instagram or, or, uh, burn all the mark ones on Facebook. And, uh, and then I just made, I made a gigantic order. Uh, through a company that's called uh, the Parts Place Incorporated, which is a uh, family-owned and operated uh, Volkswagen uh, parts uh, company um, out of the United States. And they're a little bit pricey, but they treat me well. And uh, back when I needed everything, and uh, you know, if I had any questions about anything, they helped me out. And uh, I, so I put a huge order in for just like, maintenance stuff. And I got sure. the truck more or less looking pretty and running and driving. And uh, I started to enjoy it. And then, you know, like everything else in life, you get the bug to, you know, start tinkering with it and messing with it. <laughs> and uh, I didn't want to, I didn't really want to veer too far away 
from like what the truck was. Like I didn't want to like, you know, kind of like make it into like a crazy hot rod or anything. And, uh, for me, and I think it's still to this point, you know, four years later, period correct kind of builds, uh, really get me going as far as like anything aftermarket wise that's on the truck should have been mm. available back then. Um, and definitely like if it's not like a replica, uh, that that's pretty big to me, like an original part from back in the day is awesome. Um, so like I started to like hunt down certain items that I wanted for the truck and, uh, I'm super kind of infatuated with, uh, what's called the, uh, Volkswagen, the, uh, rabbit Bilstein cup. It was a racing yes. series in the United yeah, States. Man. Awesome. It's super, super neat. And, uh, I got super infatuated with that. I did a lot of research, collect like a lot of memorabilia that I could <laughs> to, uh, just learn what they were allowed to do and what items were on the cars and just that kind of thing. The overall style. And um, it was just it, – it's a, it's a really cool – anyone that doesn't know about that, there is videos on YouTube that you can look at um, of these actual races. I mean you have to have patience because you know, they're, <laughs> they're slow and, it, and it's – obviously it's an older film from the 80s. But um, it's just really, really cool, the, the dynamic of it. It was more or less the talent of the drivers because they all had these slow rabbits that all they had really were a roll bar – uh, Bilstein uh, suspension. Uh, they were allowed to have a front air dam. Um, you could remove the front headlights and just put in uh, blanks. I believe all of them had that for safety reasons. Sure. And uh, they all had like the same Bilstein cup banner, like I replicated for my truck. And that's right. It was yeah. just really cool. Like all of them are three wheeling around all the turns. You know, yeah. they're just flat out. And uh, what's funny about it is, is that the Bilstein Cup actually happened as like an intermission between the bigger uh, Camel GT IMSA races. So like all of like the crazy like Porsche 935s and like all the Corvettes, all these crazy full-blown race cars from back in the 80s, they'd stop and pit and all that, and they'd have like an intermission between races. And then these guys would, would go out in these little rabbits. And from what I've heard from people that were actually there back in the day, it was almost more fun to watch them than the actual full-blown races just because these cars were pushed to their absolute limits and all of them were doing like the same speed so it was just an absolute overtaking crazy nightmare just wow yeah so i got super into that and uh i wanted to kind of take that style and apply it to the truck which is kind of different than what a lot of people do with their trucks um, typically they either go down the route of making it like a full blown hot rod and, you know, getting it real low on BBSs and putting a crazy engine swap, or you have the purists who restore it and they use it for a truck or anything like that. And I was sure. trying to combine like this old vintage race car look that was period correct and actually, uh, you know, authentic to the rabbits for my pickup and, uh, finding like, so like the front, uh, the front air dam on it is a cami uh, front air dam. And uh, I mean, those are well known, just like Zender and BBS, all those types of air dams. Um, but finding them is really, really, really hard in the United States. And uh, typically, you know, you, they go for like a lot of money. So uh, that was one, like, probably the key pieces for that truck uh, was finding the correct air dam for it. And the story how I got the air dam is actually pretty damn cool. Uh, my buddy, he uh, he's a Mark One guy, and he didn't have one for a while, and uh, he wanted one, an early one. And a uh, a guy in Florida uh, came across a fella who had just purchased, um, I think it was like four or five Mark Ones 
from Volkswagen of America personally from the from them a corporation from wow. a storage facility they had in Texas where they were storing vehicles to possibly either um, put into different type of promotional things for the brand as far as you know like commercials or just mm-hmm. uh, shows advertising and it was more or less like a holding facility for either ones that they'll keep stock or they'll they'll uh, uh, restore or what have you and these cars had been sitting there for like ever for like 20 something years and this guy I, I guess the they the Volkswagen um, this was I mean maybe like two two years ago they liquidated like a bunch of cars and this guy got a hold of like like a, a crazy Scirocco, um three rabbits and I forget what was the, the last one the dasher or something and uh, which is like the Passat over by you guys right and he bought all of them. And then this guy in Florida bought like three of them and off of him. And uh, one of them was a Miami blue. Uh, it was repainted back way back in the day, but it had the cami spoiler, which is on my truck. And uh, my buddy bought bought the car and <laughs> it was crazy. He's like, because uh, I was just like, yo, what's up with that spoiler? And he's just like, you like that ugly thing? And I'm like, oh, my God, are you serious? He's just like, yeah, I'm getting rid of that. I'm getting a small uh, duckbill spoiler for the front uh, on that. And I'm like, uh, I'll buy it. He's just like, he's just like, I don't really care, man. He's just like, just trade me something for it. So, like, as you know, I have a ton of collectibles and everything. And yeah. I had a pretty cool uh, Miami blue-colored uh, leather rabbit keychain. So I traded him that, and he, he didn't care. I mean, he, to this day, I mean, he hasn't said anything. He doesn't feel like I robbed him or anything. But wow. um, yeah, I mean, it was it was uh, it was black. That's how they came, and then I, I painted it the same color as the truck. But I feel like that was like a really big piece of the truck. I feel like once I got that, it really completed the look that I was going for because all sure. those cars had that. And uh, yeah, then I did like I did the BBS wheels um, from the BMW two thousand two. And uh, I did uh, like I did the graphics for the truck, which are I, I love '80s graphics. So I made my own graphics uh, to make it look kind of like a shop truck. Because you like come a from like a, a design background, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, out of high school, um, I, I dropped out of college twice. Uh, I'm not really big on college, uh, and uh, I did uh, graphic design throughout uh, high school and a little bit of college that I did, and then I did an internship for it. But uh, yeah, I've always I, I, uh, I've always drawn my whole life. Like as far as art, uh, I like to draw, and uh, I, I feel like I have some type of sense of some type of sense of style. So yeah, I designed the graphics uh, for the truck, and then uh, I went to like a local print shop, and they they cut them and everything, and put them on for me. It's um, amazing. But yeah, so I mean, the truck. I mean, if you took the graphics off it right now and you put the stock wheels, like, so I actually I acquired a set of uh, thirteen by five and a half inch Mark One Steelys. Um, over by you guys, you have like the super rare because you got the seventy six GTI, but you have those thirteen by sixes, uh, which are probably still probably hard to find. I would think. Um, yeah, pretty hard. Thirteen yeah. inch isn't thirteen inch like the classic mini size? Am I getting that right? Uh, I don't know what your minis came with. I think it was smaller. Yeah, uh, minis there? came with twelves. Oh yeah, wow, really tiny on the minis. Yeah, yeah but some yeah. of them came with thirteens. But the, the they the ones you're talking about, the six inches, 
And yeah, thirteen by six is rare. Yeah, I mean, rare we, we didn't get them here at all. So if you have a set here, you paid up for them big, or you had like a normal set widened or something, you know? Nah, they're they're rare over here. Man. Yeah, but the look of them is sick because like they yeah. have like wider lips. But uh, um, so I wanted that look. But in America, we actually so the Mark One Jetta here and some of the Dashers, which are the Passats, they came with five and a halfs, and the extra inch is applied to the outer lip. So it looks beefy, you know. Yeah. So, so the off, offset is different. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so they're they're just like they're super cool, and I wanted a set for the truck, and I rocked them for a little bit. But I I, I located a set, and uh, I got I got them powder coated. But if I put those on the truck right now and took the graphics off of it in the windscreen banner, I mean it. it at the end of the day, it's just a lowered with like a front air dam. It's still pretty purist. Like I don't have like you know shaved anything. Like my door handles are there, my waistline trims there, all that kind of stuff. Um, sure. So like the 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 uh, the bones of it are still there. But anything that I do, I try to make it like more or less reversible. You know, just like right. like as like a mental kind of acceptance thing. Like okay, if I do this, I could put it back to how it was. Right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I'll, it makes me feel better about it. Um, because I do, I do go through motions. Like some days I wish the truck had no graphics on it. Some days I wish it had different graphics. Some days I love the graphics, you know, some days I want to change the wheels. Like, sure. It's just how it is. But, uh, the whole build for me is about kind of period correct. And so many people ask me like, why, why'd you put a one, 1.6 turbo diesel in it? And I'm like, I wanted to keep it period correct. I wanted you to pop the hood and it looked like 1980 still under the hood, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's definitely um, a a lot of people kind of don't understand it. And then there's a lot of people who do and they really appreciate it. Um, But like, it's just, it's just how it is. Like I I get days where I'm like, man, I really wish I had a VR6 in this thing again, but (laughs) I I think I should save that for the the future rabbit project. Wow. So, so the decals on the truck right now. So forgive me if I'm getting this wrong. So you're work, you're currently working in like a Porsche garage. Yes. Garage. So I'm sounding like you guys, (laughs) garage, (laughs) you you work in a a Porsche garage or Porsche. Is it Porsche or Porsche? Well, yeah, the proper way I think everyone says it's supposed to be Porsche, but a lot of people okay. say Porsche. I mean, I catch myself saying it all the time like that. <laughs> so you're, you're working at a Porsche garage, yes. and uh, you've got the – is it like you've got the, the logo of that shop on your truck? So it's yeah. like a yeah, – so it's a I bit actually, like a so, – sorry, go on. I actually – the so the, the, the graphic on the truck, uh, the main kind of logo for the truck is that 9, and I designed that 9 as well for the shop logo. Right. Um, but yeah, so it's it's more or less it's a nine. So like a lot of almost all of like the main uh, chassis numbers for Porsches start with nines. Um, right. They, there's more than just like obviously the 911, and uh, so we went with like nine automotion and automotion. I mean, I think so. Obviously, my boss is from the UK, and there was a company. I don't know if it was only over in Europe, but there was like an automotion Porsche racing kind of uh, shop like back in the day. So I guess it, it pays a little bit of heritage to that, but it, it's like a twist on it. Um, but like, yeah, right. so like the number nine, uh, I put the Fook wheel in the middle of it and, uh, it, we, we just kind of ran with that. It was kind of cool. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I applied that to the side of the truck and I, I wanted to make it still, um, kind of retro. So I put it in a roundel on, on the door and then, yeah. uh, I, I went ahead and, uh, to try to keep like a, a, like a vintage look. I put like classic workshop and uh, Porsche specialists on the side of it. 
Um, so looking at your truck now, you could, you, would you class it as like a, a, a race car, shop truck? <laughs> yeah, I, truck? It, it's a mixture of a, a Frankenstein. Was, uh, <laughs> it's amazing. What's the 1.6 diesel that you've got? What was what it like? The turbo diesel is a lot better. Yeah, so um, in America, so actually in 1984 in America, we got a uh, Mark I uh, Rabbit turbo diesel and a Ra- uh, Mark I Jetta uh, turbo diesel. And they were 1.6s. Um, so more or less, uh, if you looked at it um, from the naked eye, looks it same. looks identical to a 1.6, but it has obviously a you know, forced induction kit on it. So different manifold, the turbo, yeah, yeah. and different intake, all that kind of shit. And uh, it has an oil feed line from the uh, the oil filter housing. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, then they were uh, they were not non intercooled. And um, but yeah, so th- we got those in '84. An '80 so an '84 uh, Rabbit turbo diesel. It's very hard to find. I I've seen like in in the flesh. I could count it probably on one hand. Um, Jetta turbo diesels, on the other hand, Mark ones, uh, are, seem to be a little bit more plentiful. I think it was because Jetta was obviously a little bit more of like a higher end Mark one, um, with like obviously yeah, yeah. a little bit more luxury. And, uh, with that, the turbo diesel option, uh, with you know, a little bit further, I think it was 55 uh, miles per gallon, uh, fuel economy was obviously a little bit more desirable. And, yeah, um, it seemed like they sold maybe a little bit more of them. So, uh, currently, so the, the engine that's in the truck, um, the actual, so the engine block is not, uh, an actual from the factory turbo diesel block. So the factory turbo diesel blocks had oil squirters. Um, and yep. my truck doesn't have that. So actually I have a book somewhere that has, it says every single difference between the two engines. Of course you do. Uh, <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> well, course it's good to know these things so that when someone asks and you can, you can tell them with, you know, straight answer. Okay, yeah. But uh, yeah, so more or less, uh, it was more or less. It's a book to uh, to kind of update the technicians on the differences of them coming through. But uh, it's um, yeah. It, so it, it supposedly it has a slightly different cam. It has a uh, supposedly yeah. a slightly different crank. It has a um, it has uh, what are they sodium filled uh, valves or some shit like that. It's got the oil squirters. Um, I think it has maybe a, possibly a. Uh, maybe a little bit higher uh, flow a of a uh, oil pump um, yeah, just yeah. to keep up, and um, there's there's a couple there's a, so obviously the whole injection pump is different. It has a diaphragm on top to oh, okay. uh, to add fuel uh, under boost. Um, so my truck has every single thing, uh, even the head and everything, but the block is is NA and uh, oh, more okay. or less. So the engine that's in there, my buddy Chris, years and years ago, he did a shaved bay Mark One Jetta coupe, and he built a, uh, a more or less a one six turbo diesel from taking a factory turbo diesel kit and putting it on an NA engine, and uh, just by complete chance, um, about uh, what was it two maybe two years ago, I I found a truck uh, at my. My my buddy actually, I went to his house to help him put his engine in his Mark One uh, GTI, and he had a white truck sitting there that was like on wheels and shit, but it was all rotted out. And I popped the hood, and sure enough, there's Chris's engine sitting in it. And I'm like, holy shit! Like, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's the one in a million. I would never think that it would be right here in front of me. So that's instantly, mad. I'm like, 
yeah, will he sell that? He's just like, that's crazy. He's actually wanting to sell that because he's going to put a 16 valve in it. I'm like, I will literally pull this engine out for him if he'll let me like buy it for like, you know, pennies. So I think I, I think I paid, uh, for the engine. I want to say like 300 bucks and, uh, I pulled it and I put it in the back of the tr- pickup truck that I have right now when it had the one five in it. And, uh, I brought it to the, my shop that I'm at now and, uh, I went through it and, uh, it's, it, I mean, it's an embarrassing story, but, um, so when I, when I put the engine in the truck, I didn't, uh, I didn't have, I had at the same time I had swapped the, uh, single cluster to the dual cluster and it's the same pin out on the back. It's a 14 pin, but I didn't have the correct, uh, temperature sender on the head to correlate to the, uh, the gauge. So I put the engine in, I get it all ready and everything. And, uh, on, on this truck, there's a coolant, a hard pipe coolant line that runs down the head. And uh, more or less, it's for like, it, it feeds the uh, heater core. And uh, it also feeds off of the expansion tank. And I'm not running a yeah, heater core. So I, I cut the pipe where it would go to the heater core. And I put a um, more or less like a, a rubber, a thick rubber cap with a, uh, a hose clamp on it. And I take the truck out for the first rip, and I'm like, in heaven. I'm like, this thing's so cool. And I, at the same time that day, when I put oil in it, I poured a little bit of oil down the backside of the valve cover, and it went between the intake and the head. And I cleaned it out the best I could, but I knew when I started up, it was going to burn, you know, smoke from oil. Yeah, smell. So I go out, and I'm driving it, and I'm at the first red light, and it's smoking a lot. And I'm like, uh, it's just burning oil off. So I go down to the next light and I'm, I turn around and as I'm driving back, all of a sudden, like there's this complete loss of power and I'm like, oh shit. And I let off the gas and it completely dies. So I coast over, I pop the hood and there's just coolant everywhere and there's no coolant in the engine whatsoever. And the damn oh, thing no. is like crazy hot. And I'm like, oh, oh my God, I, co- I cooked the head. And it was literally, it was well, fucking 15 minutes after the first startup in a running. Um, so that definitely put a damper on it, but I learned the hard way and I located a genuine turbo diesel head that wasn't warped because I warped the other one and yeah. it's just learning the hard way, you know, and I, and I learned so much about the head and, uh, you know, this one's perfect now. And I put it all together and I, I made sure the temperature sender was working and, uh, I ended up getting the pipe welded it. Um, because what happened was, is the damn thing, I guess it built up too much pressure and it just, it couldn't hold it. Yeah. It popped fucking off the shot off. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I learned the hard way and, uh, wow. but yeah, so the one six it's, uh, it, I mean, obviously it's still, it's still a one six, but I re I rebuilt the turbo that's on it. It has a, uh, a Garrett turbo, the factory turbo that was in a, uh, 80, 84, uh, jetta turbo diesel yeah. it's not so in america we got what was called with the mark twos it was called an eco diesel and it was a turbo diesel but the turbo uh didn't put out as much as like the 84s did so the turbo that i have in it puts out as much as you probably want and uh i mean i would say that it moves out of its own way diligently it, it doesn't feel like it's straining it feels like when you drive it there's enough there to get along with the normal modern day traffic. And that's kind of what I was looking for. So you earlier, you mentioned that you, you 
put this new engine in the back of the pickup. Now, it sort of brings me to my next question, which was like, what do you use and what have you used the truck for? Like, what have you used it to 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 yeah, shift so, stuff and yeah i mean i've i've uh i mean when i when i when i moved uh because I, I moved uh to an apartment with my girl um god i don't know how many years ago now um i i used the truck to move some like kind of weird stuff down this way i mean for a while we were we were using the truck at work to like you know transport wheels and tires to the tire shop i mean i've had 356 porsche engines in it i've had 911 engines in the back of it um, wow. transaxles, all types of stuff. But, um, it's as of late, it's, it's gotten retired. We have a uh, Ford Ranger now at the shop. So, uh, she's, she's back to being, you know, uh, the, uh, the show car duty type lifestyle. Oh, wow. Now, yeah. so for, go on, mate, go on. I was just going to ask, is the tailgate the same on an American truck as it is on a UK one? I believe so. Yeah. So, uh, your, your tailgate is, rem- is, I'm, I'm, I believe is removable as well. Uh, with the two the two hinges the on the side yeah yeah okay yeah I mean that, I think that kind of concept I, I believe most of the trucks stay the same uh, are both I, I think are both of your trucks round headlights yes yep. okay yeah so yeah the caddies they obviously they, they went back to the round headlights when they took over uh, the production of the pickups over there um, and then you got the different interiors but uh, yeah I mean uh, for the most part I think most of the body panels are same. The back, I think you guys, um, you obviously got like different bumpers than us. So yeah. uh, that, I mean, but that's like, you know, bolt-on type stuff. But yeah. for most like, I think most of the sheet metal, <clears throat> so West Warland, I believe they sold off all the sheet metal over to different manufacturer plants over by you guys. So it should be more or less kind of the same stuff. Um, but I mean, what was interesting over here, so the truck came out in 80 here. And it sold very well. And then in 81, it's, they changed it. They, obviously, they changed the front end and the interior. And obviously, different engine plants. But the overall look of the truck changed a lot. And right. the sales slightly went down. And then in 82, the sales went down a lot. And in the midst of 82, they're building the 83 model year trucks. So there's already this, like, more or less... Uh, definitive factor of the sales kind of going against the production of them. And there's a pretty cool um, kind of uh, characteristic of the 83 trucks. They actually have um, metal tie downs that are welded inside the bed. So like underneath like the top of the bed rails, there's like three of these like metal circle kind of like tie downs that are welded there. And that's 83 only. You'll never see that in like uh, another American truck. I don't wow. know if you guys got that though. Did you, no. guys, you, you guys have that? Are you talking about in the bed or inside the bed? Yeah. I've, I don't know what my, I don't know what to believe with my truck. Um, I don't have much paperwork, but I've been told and I've looked up, but it was registered in 1985 and okay. in in the back of my my bed there is four well uh, not be I'll double check there's got these four sort of eyelets the metal like rings yeah, yeah. one in each corner i don't know if that's the same for you aaron no so it wasn't a standard thing um, oh yeah i'm, I'm looking at your people, truck yeah those are aftermarket yeah a lot of people put them in aftermarket yeah. right uh, for just ease of movement because for example my <laughs> truck if I was to try and tie something into the bed, there's no there's nowhere to 
to really yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like there's no yeah, way there's to no really way to tie it down. It. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But the reason yeah. I asked about the tailgate was, can you still buy new ones? Over no, so yeah, <laughs> so as far as tailgates go in America, um, that you can still like purchase like obviously like used ones like that you can still find them like uh, you know people are always like partying out stuff or you know they just have some in their collection um, and uh, obviously you know if they're not bowed out from being slammed all the time if they're original paint there's all factors that go into it but as far as buying like new tailgates i've only seen one new old stock tailgate in all the years of being in a mark ones and i think it traded hands not too long ago for like six or seven hundred us which is crazy for a tailgate well, um, i will buy typically it. here <laughs> yeah <laughs> here in america though you can get a tailgate like a, a pretty damn nice tailgate for around 250 to 300 bucks yeah um Without without really searching too hard, you could put a, you can put like a wand ad out there. Um, I've I've purchased tailgates that were pretty roach, just you know, kind of hang up on a wall or make a table out of them for like a hundred bucks. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I mean, most sheet metal. I mean, I've seen different types of sheet metal, new old stock that people have like found in like old shops, and they you know they're getting rid of them. But yeah, tailgates. That's that's. I mean, I think anybody, even if you're not a a Mark One enthusiast, it says Volkswagen on it. It's a tailgate. It's new old stock. Anybody's going to buy that. You know, yeah, that's not something that's going to sit. Definitely. Tell them, Aaron. Tell them about yours. Yeah, Yeah, I spent fifteen hundred. Well, British pounds on a tailgate that was like new old stock. I'm about to go buy some and and ship them. Dude, so like (laughs) over here, they're like, you can't buy them. And about six or seven years ago, I bought a. One from Volkswagen for fifteen hundred quid. Wow. Okay, they still had one then. Okay. Yeah, so they still had wow. one that was like obviously like dead stock as we call it, but Damn. it's basically like new old stock. And so uh, you bought it directly from Volkswagen. Yeah, from I like bought the, it directly from and them. And they charged like, fifteen hundred for it. Yeah, with that on that on top, it was fifteen hundred. Yeah. Wow. That is just well, I was like when you just said seven hundred dollars, I was like, listen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, over here, and you you can't obviously it wasn't from Volkswagen. It was like sitting somewhere, but. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. I'm actually, I'm, so I'm looking at the back of, uh, your truck and, uh, it's got like, it almost looks like fuel pump covers, like circle discs on the back wall in the bed. Yeah, dude, what is that I have for? no idea what they are. They've, they're on all of them. Okay. It, well, uh, so on the other side in the interior, is there anything on the other side? No, oh, you, oh inside. I, I, I've been told it's something to do with the speakers, but I could, it could be wrong. Oh, you guys have speakers back there. Well, I don't in mine. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't have speakers in there, but they do look like spots for speakers. But I don't yeah. know like, what they're those for. Those remind me of like you know when you pull out like the rear bench and like a hatchback or something, and there's like those on the floor for like access to the top of like a fuel tank or something. That's like what it looks. Yeah, like. Yeah, that's exactly me, no? what it looks like. Yeah, well, the, it's I just quite a. That. Yeah, it's quite a popular thing. I've spoke to a lot of people that have done this as well. Is that what they do is they make their own sort of like wooden or metal boxes to put in their back of the truck and they put um subwoofers or subs in the and speakers in these little boxes and the housing. Okay, and yeah. Make it cut the hole out where this and, and they put the speakers in so the speakers will be coming out behind your um the seats. Okay. Yeah. It's quite a popular yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's definitely space back there. I've seen people do that here too, um, yeah. that are into like, you know, having some type of, uh, you know, upgraded kind of radio. Um, yeah, 
but yeah, no, I mean, like even like, so I'm just looking at your, uh, your burgundy truck there and, and you guys have, um, the, uh, the plastic, uh, uh, bubble windows. We never got those here yeah. in America. So oh, that was yeah. for more space in the interior because everyone complained about interior space. Yeah, I've been told the bubble windows were sort of like the original. It's the same as like the um, wing mirrors. Like apparently the original yeah. wing mirrors were like these huge elephant ears things. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, like, so yeah, over by you guys, I mean, uh, the big wing mirrors. Um, they had uh, for the wasn't it for the trucks? They were like a big industrial. Like it looked like a flag mirror, but it was like cause, a lot larger. It's because over here it was like a work truck. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we never got those over here, so those are probably worth money if you know wow. if someone wanted us that over here. It's um, definitely interesting comparing like the different styles, isn't it? Especially the yeah. front, the front end. Uh, you know, I think the first rabbit pickup that I saw um, was on Pinterest, actually. Okay. Um, so uh, you might be familiar with this guy. He goes by I think his name is Justin Torres. Um, so that's he. Familiar. Yeah, his his Instagram is LS Taco. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, green truck. Yes. Oh my god! When I first saw that, I was like, "What the <laughs> hell is that?" Yeah, Let man, me have that's it. a patina queen for sure, right there. Yes. Yeah, yeah it's, it's done a, it's a so right. Truck. Yeah. yeah. So that was my that was my first sort of like inspiration and motivation to to start diving going down a rabbit hole or should I say caddy hole? Yeah. <laughs> just, do you know what I mean? I was like, oh yeah. man, I'm I'm intrigued and the color oh, yeah. just so yeah. So Mountain nice. green is a is a very desirable color over here. You know, like that kind of like minty turquoise kind of color. Yeah. Um, and obviously that was uh, it's a one year only color as well. It was for eighty. Oh um, really? I mean, wow. Yeah, so it was, so early early Westy colors. Uh, yeah, you had mountain green. You had uh, there was the uh, tarpon blue. You had some bright yellow. Um, I think it was Tabasco red. I can't remember the color. Um, and then uh, you you had white. There was black, which is very rare. Um, wow. Any rabbit really here besides the GTIs. And uh, what was there? I'd like a black truck. That'd be cool. Yeah, a black truck. Yeah, I, I mean. In the years I've been doing this, as far as a early Westie black truck, I think I've seen maybe three. And uh, yeah, just this black early Westies, they did not make a lot of them. And that's the biggest reason for that is because, you know, back in like the 70s and, and early 80s, all those crazy cool, you know, retro colors were all the hype. That's what you kind of wanted. Um, the, the, it was funny, like the browns and like the black and stuff like that, they didn't really sell. And when we, you actually see a lot of rabbits that were repainted and underneath it is like brown and that wow. kills me. Cause I, I love brown. I have a web weird. I like brown. A lot. It's weird because back then it was like all about colors. Oh yeah. No, it was the color palette back then is second to none. It's absolutely amazing. I love it. I love it. And all those colors were uh, uh, single stage, uh, you know, the, unless you had – so you could get um, diamond silver metallic, uh, tarpon blue, and uh, there was like Anari, Anari silver. Those were all uh, base coat clear coats. And um, so those kind of they, – they've aged and patinaed a lot different. Um, like if you get one of those that the clear coats kind of messed up on, you really have a hard time trying to polish that out to like the right color. They usually fade out. Um, but like, yeah, all the, all the, the, the single stage gloss colors, man, you hit that with some compound and they just boof, they're like brand new again. Wow. 
Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So like most of your caddies were probably base coat, clear coat, unless it was like super, super base, like white or something. But yeah. um I've yes. got a, I've got a YouTube channel based on my caddy now. I've only just okay. sort of launched it. And one of the videos that I'm probably going to do is to show uh, the original color. And it, But it's something that I'm still not sure of because you can see the original color on the inside the doors but i'm like are the doors the original doors <laughs> but like you can I, see don't, it's like, I don't know what the colors were for over here well yeah exactly I that think, but i think go you got on. white i think you got i know you got the, red yeah the color is like this red dark red yeah, dark brown red color. So you, got, you got that you got blue white i think you got green but it was like british racing green nearly right um it's interesting. It's definitely interesting to know like what was around yeah. and what they originally looked like. I'm not like. sure what other I'm not sure what other colours to be honest. Hey, you got the obviously the light blue, not the that you got dark blue and then you got the the light blue like my one. Sure. Um It's amazing though. I think there might have been a lighter red. So I think there was like a really bright red, then there was like a more maroon yeah. darker red. But to be honest, there's not a lot of history on like I can never I, whenever I look at it I can never find out what the hell's been like what colors are what and yeah like, for sure it, yeah it's very difficult to find out what's like what colors are what well you know it's something that we'll probably continue to search for and find answers to later on but yeah, I sort of just want to sort of move a move on a little bit I just wanted to get uh, both of you guys' opinions actually because um, for some of the listeners out there. Um, that may be new to Volkswagens or potentially going to buy their very first car, caddy or rabbit pickup. My question is this, right? And you can both sort of answer this. When you service a vehicle uh, yourself, like let's use the rabbit pickup for an example, like what is your checklist? Um, what is your checklist for both of you? So like for me, It'll be like spark plugs, oil change, oil filter, potentially fuel filter, air filters, checking the brakes and that sort of thing. What what can you guys give as sort of advice for, for new car owners out there, especially people that are wanting to buy like a, an older truck like this? I think that they should Bobby, do it. You wanna- immediately immediate yeah. things yeah i mean i mean so i obviously I, I do this a little bit obviously for like a living and uh there's definitely a philosophy that has to be into kind of going into the car that you've never seen before um and obviously you have to give your kind of professional kind of opinion and uh you always depending on the car you don't want to overwhelm the uh the person about their car so sure. you kind of have to go about it uh methodically in the sense of like kind of break down um you know, the issues with the car. <clears throat> and uh, it, the first thing always when you get a, a new car in front of you is safety. And, uh, you know, the biggest things, as soon as you put like a car up in the air, you're looking for just anything that could possibly uh, inhibit some type of danger to yeah. the person when they're driving it. And, uh, you know, you're, you're, so you're, I'm looking at brakes. I'm making sure that the rotors are not under minimum spec. I'm making Boosh, sure that... Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, bushes, yeah, definitely. I mean, bushes can definitely affect uh, drivability and, uh, you know, just overall safety. You know, the car can kind of be all over the road and stuff like that. But, I mean, like, immediate safety, like, I'll be looking at... Tires. Your tires, yeah, age of the tires, if they have, like, any type of nail or any type of defect to them. 
Um, you know, I, anything like that. I'm looking for any type of oil leak, coolant leak. Um, I mean, it, just anything that would kind of just scream out at you. But yeah, it's always it's tires, it's brakes, it's any leaks, and it's any type of physical damage to the structure uh, as far as structural integrity. So if it's an older car, you're looking for rot, like instantly rot can completely change the overall kind of chassis flex and dynamics of how the suspension works. So I mean, if there's extensive rot somewhere or if there has been a previous accident and it was repaired improperly, that will all kind of almost like emphasize uh, if you're driving the car that the car is not handling correctly or that it just feels kind of just yeah. loose, stuff like that. So it safety also, is sorry, usually the it, biggest thing. It also changes your priority in terms of things to fix. Definitely. In terms of fix. Yes. Like, yeah. It's like yes. when you first get a shiny, or maybe you just get a caddy or whatever it may be, yeah. it's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to get this, I'm going to replace this, I'm going to do this. But if you find like a bit of rust or something that's, you know, you uncover like a hole, like I've done, yeah. <laughs> many holes, all of a sudden your priorities have to shift and you have to really focus on the things. Um, yeah. You have to focus on what's most important first. Sorry, yeah, that, carry on. Well, yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. That's why safety is always first. It always triumphs over anything else. And, yeah. um, you know, if the car doesn't really have anything screaming out at you, then you can kind of, you know, step into like the next kind of things that I look at. And that's more or less just general preventative maintenance stuff. So if you pop the hood and just because your alternator looks old doesn't mean it needs to be changed. If it's putting out the correct wattage and everything is working correctly as it should and your battery is recharging and all that kind of stuff, you know, because you can do tests for that, then there's mm-hmm. no reason to change it. You know, you don't just change it just to change it if you just got the vehicle. You want to change everything that's going to be important to safety first. So, I mean, yes, so there's a preventative maintenance stuff. And, like, when I got my truck, obviously it's not a daily driver. So as far as, you know, it being on a jack stands for a while, that's okay. But if you get a new daily driver, safety is, you know, it, it triumphs over everything. You got to make sure you get all that shit out of the way. And then you start to knock off all the other little preventative maintenance things off the list yeah. as they are in, in the priority that they're needed. Um, and then at the very bottom of the list, I mean, the stuff that we usually care the most about is aesthetics. Of course. Looking over the car, obviously, if it needs paint or if just the wheels don't look nice anymore, if the interior is clapped out, anything that's going to make the car kind of less visually pleasing to be in or around, those things matter as well. So that's always, you know, on the list of things when you get a car that you want to change and make it your own style and taste. Of course. And that's, that's, again, well, I get loads of DMs of people asking me, like, oh, what are your plans with the, the caddy? And I'm like... Just wait. I know it looks like a bag of <laughs> hey, man. absolute rot box. Just wait. Yep. I'm just yep. going to prioritize first. I'm going to make sure that it is safe, like you say. It's most important. And make sure it's legal to drive on the road and make sure yep. it's got an MOT and everything else. Good and things take time, man. It, it sucks, but rot's like the main, the main, 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 main one. Because oh, 100%. On an old car, 100%. Yep. Your project can go downhill pretty quickly if it's rotten. Like, yeah, it, if it's if rotted it's too out, far you gone, can be pulling off all the suspension if, just to yeah, fix if the it's rot, too far, so it doesn't matter. If you're like, oh, I'm going to do an engine swap on this car, and all your money's prioritized in the engine swaps, that's great, but then you find some rot that's going to cost you two, three thousand yeah. to fix. Yeah. It's like, and your swap's going to put more stress on that chassis. Yeah, yeah, so you're like, like, you're going to put stress on it with the engine, you're going to then, yeah. like... It's like the... It's like the... Then, uh, uh, like, it, 
it's like the slab that your house is built on. Yeah. If it's yeah. not strong, it, there's no point in putting anything else on top. You gotta gotta start over and fix Absolutely. it. Absolutely. You know? But well, yeah, the reason, that's how I go about it. The reason why I asked about like, you know, what your list is in terms of service and stuff is because I do get a lot of messages from other uh, caddy owners or just people starting their restoration uh, process. Yes. And they're just they always say, like, look, I'm in the same boat as you. Like, I've just started this and I have no idea what I've just started. Like, I'm I'm absolutely new to this and I'm learning all this. And, and I think yeah, it's overwhelming. Yeah. yeah. I think there's a lot of people listening to this that will find a lot of value in learning about, you know, what do they need to do? What yeah. what, what things should they look at Trying first? Trying to put like a priority on it. Yeah, no, exactly. Totally. And 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 if you go about it how I say, then I mean, you it, you really will be hard pressed, you know, as yeah. far as getting put in a a predicament where you know the car won't be safe or you know just in a bad spot, you know. Absolutely. You, have to, you have to go everybody when you first get it you want to get your coilovers you want to get your wheels you want to just make it cool and sure. you know as you grow up and you appreciate you know you could have all those things and you could be sitting in the driveway going nowhere and yeah not being able to enjoy it whatsoever yeah. or you could be an adult and go into it with the mindset okay let me make it a safe driver and start enjoying it right away Yes, and that's 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 as coil you grow up, you appreciate coil over that. second. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Coilovers are usually like the first kind of uh, modification. Get the get the altitude correct on the car, you know. <laughs> yeah. well, Mine, unfortunately, is may as well not have coilovers. It's that fucking low. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Well, speaking of, you know, our listeners and things like that, why don't we go across to questions from the listeners? Yeah, so, yeah, I'd love that. There's no sort of jingle. Maybe we should have a j- uh, input a jingle here. I don't know. but uh, Yeah, you got to make something right uh, there. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, uh, a couple of days ago, I put it out there onto Instagram. Um, if you have any questions for my guests today, this is where you submit them. So here we go. And, and both both you guys, this is open for discussion. So this first question is from Rob, and he says, how popular is the caddy slash rabbit pickup ownership in the U.S.? So how how popular would you say it is to see another uh, rabbit pickup or uh, a caddy or a caddy? I thought it was a lot more popular, but according to Bobby earlier on, it's maybe mm. not as popular as I thought. It's sure. So... I mean, I've been doing this for a while now, and I've I've made I have friends everywhere. I mean, I, look at you. I, I got I got friends now in, in Scotland and the Isle of Wight. I wrote that down. Hey. So don't forget that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I mean, it, it. There's a lot of us out there, but just due to the sheer fact of how niche these cars are, how different and unique they are, yeah. it's not for everybody. And you know, just this, this just the fact of how big the U.S. is. You know, I have a lot of friends who have, you know, pickups and I just know, I know a lot of people, I follow a lot of people on, uh, on, online that have them. And I definitely think, you know, when I drive mine, I can tell you that I get more thumbs up and more people talking to me about it than if I'm driving like, you know, a quarter of a million dollar Porsche. It's just because sure. it's so different. It's so cool. It's so, it's so inviting. You look at it and it's just, it's not scary. It's something that you want to hop in and experience. Yeah. And uh, I think, you know, even if you don't see another one 
for like a year or something like that. The amount of people that appreciate it and would probably want to own one if they had the chance is it, there's tons. There's just there's, there's no reason in my head that you know when I drive down a road and someone beeps at me that they wouldn't want to you know own one. Like they obviously mm. they enjoy it, but it's like we've been talking about tonight. It's the utter fact of just they're not a lot of them out there anymore. You know, so for sure. And it's, well, it's definitely some, popular, I think. Oh, yeah. It's something that I think me and Aaron talked on episode one. It's like you could have, what is it, Aaron, we said that you have, you could have like a standard car that you could see in this decade and people will modify yeah. the shit out of them. And uh, but if you had like a an old Volkswagen Caddy, just just unmodified, completely stock, people would still stop still and stare. Still fucking badass. Yeah, they they look at that just as much. Yeah, oh, dude, man, I, went I get a... stopped all the time, and people ask me. They go, "Did you build that? Did you make yeah. that?" I get that as well. Did you weld? <laughs> did you weld that together? Yeah, like, they have no. no idea it existed. And then you have yeah. the other people who are like, "Oh, my grandpa had one of those, or my dad yeah. drove one." Of yeah, those. I've got yeah. a couple of them as well. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Well, there you go. And uh, next question is from Nathan, um, and he asks: Is it hard to find parts in the US? So over here in the, I should say, in the UK, we've got multiple stores, uh, mostly online, um, that supply sort of aftermarket um, parts like panels and wear and tear stuff that you can replace. Um, yeah. and do you do you have trouble finding parts in the US for? The so there's obviously there's there's two worlds when it comes to parts. There's obviously maintenance items, which are uh, I, I I believe are pretty plentiful. plentiful. Um, you know, like your, your typical you know cap and rotor, uh, anything like that. Um, you know, brakes, uh, all that's kind of available. We have mm-hmm. websites, and you know, if you go down to the local local auto parts store, just because of the sheer fact that. They may have used or superseded a part that will work on the Mark One that maybe they used on the Mark Two or Three. They tend to maybe stock that item uh, just because of the sheer fact that it's used on multiple different platforms. So we do have stuff like that, um, but there obviously is points where if you have something break on your truck um, and you need, uh, you know, an auto parts store uh, to come through uh, for that part. There is a lot of instances where it, it they might have it, but they have to get it transported in or shipped from another store, and you won't be able to see it for a day or two. Um, when it comes to uh, you know ac- actual physical parts like interior parts or panels or anything like that, um, there is you know there's different vendors and stuff like that. Some some things actually come over from you guys from the other side of the pond. Oh wow! Um, but uh, a lot of people over here, there's a really big like like like, like burn all the Mark ones. You see it all the time. People parting out trucks. Um, people that just have a collection of stuff that they're just getting rid of stuff. Um, so it's definitely. I mean, once you're in this community in the United States and you begin to know all the big players that have stuff and everything. You kind of just reach out, and, and you know this through through text or Instagram, um, typically because you already have a friendship at that point, and just ask, "Hey, do you have this?" And you'd be like, "Oh no, but but Bill might." And then you hit up yeah. Bill, and maybe you never met Bill before. Maybe you should have asked Bill first, and you find parts that way. Um, well, that's interesting but, yeah. because my next my question, but the the next question is from a guy called Jake, and he asks, "Is there much of a community in the states? Uh, oh, um, yeah. Mark One community." Yeah, I mean, we've again we've we touched on a bunch tonight, and uh, probably one of the biggest things we touched on tonight. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as how is the Mark One community doing, I think it's I think it's 
thriving as much as it has been since I gotten into it. It's definitely changed. Um, new faces and obviously some of the older faces have kind of vanished away sadly, but, um, it's definitely, uh, it's alive and well. And, uh, when there is shows like we do have, you know, quite big shows that are not just Mark one related, but you know, Volkswagen Audi related. Um, there's definitely always a couple Mark ones. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's the, I mean, I can, I, I, right now, if I wanted to, I could hop on, on the internet and I could talk to a bunch of people about Mark ones in the United States and uh and figure something out or get a part or anything like that so i definitely think the community is, is definitely thriving still here amazing okay that's great and the next question is from john he asks is there any memorabilia for specifically for the uk volkswagen caddies now i've seen on your instagram that obviously you've got a ton a ton of memorabilia like pins and badges and hats and uh, signs and everything yeah <laughs> it's crazy on there but like he wants to know is there any like quite well any memorabilia for uk caddies so i i guess we'll, let's go we'll go down memorabilia real quick so everyone can understand about it so um i actually have i have a lot of it like you're saying and uh i've had to learn uh, different keywords and just learn about, uh, you know, the origin of how to get some of this stuff and just like where it came from and its purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, so within that, you go down, like you said, rabbit holes and you find uh, things that you weren't looking for. And uh, I can definitely tell you that um, as far as the American side goes, because I primarily collect 1980 to 1975 rabbit memorabilia. So that's kind of where I like and uh, most of it, obviously, is 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 it's American stuff. Um, the um, the Volkswagen uh, kind of world of collectability here. The stuff that I find sometimes, you know, I could find something that you'll never find again because of the sheer fact that a lot of this stuff was made by independents. And when I say that, I mean like a Volkswagen dealership, say in in South Carolina. Uh, that was owned and operated as a franchise, wanted to promote the 1977 Rabbit coming out or whatever for that model year. So they made some keychains, and those keychains were made in a batch of maybe 50 to 100. And that's that's it. That's all that was made, and that's specific to that keychain. Wow. And there's, so there's stuff like that. And that's what a lot of people, like when, when I get something, and uh, say, because I, I sell a lot. If I get any doubles of anything, I typically sell it. I want people to enjoy it as well. And um, and that's great. That is. Yeah, it, there's no dude, there's no point in, in hoarding shit. I mean, sure. I have so much stuff here, and sometimes I'm like, why do I even have all this? Like, it, 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 it's 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 kind of like a, a sickness, I guess you could say. But um, yeah, I definitely try to share it. And um, when I sell it, some people hit me up and like instant. So like, if I put up a keychain for fifty fifty dollars US. I'll have people instantly want to buy it. And then I'll have the other people that are like, people pay that much for this. And it's those people that don't understand that you might never see this one again. If you like it, you should. the, the time to buy it is when you see it. And there's been stuff that I've sold in the past that I regret because I haven't been able to find them again. Um, but yeah, as far as uh, the other side of the question, so when it comes to these items, there wasn't the only type of stuff that you can find as far as collectability that's for um, you know, these Mark 1s from Volkswagen is the actual like specific dealer brochures 
um, some of the different promotional items that were sent from Volkswagen of America to the dealerships to promote. So like dealership uh, showroom posters, stuff like that, um, those things. And they definitely got more prominent being all from Volkswagen of America when it went to Mark II. Mark One was still kind of like a wishy-washy area because Volkswagen of America, you know, kind of just started in in, in uh, '78. So um, stuff like that kind of makes me think. So like when when you when you speak of caddy stuff, I've seen caddy stuff, um, but the problem is, is that I don't actively search the keywords caddy, um, right? Primarily due to the fact of because it's not '80 through '75 American Rabbit stuff, and the fact that like you've probably noticed you guys have had more than just the mark one caddy you've had like the newer caddies and stuff like that so sure. as far as that stuff it, it clogs up searches and stuff and that becomes kind of you know tiresome you know sorting through all the new it, shit to get to the old stuff do you guys get like the newer caddies over you like, yeah, over we, we never we have never gotten a, a caddy uh, of any sort um, the only thing that would resemble it obviously is, is like our, uh, is the, is the pickup that I have. Um, like I know later on, like, uh, uh, there was like a rare, like, um, I think it was like Mark two kind yeah. of caddy that you got there. Then there was definitely Mark threes. Yeah. The van. And then, yes. Yeah. And then like, you have like newer caddy vans, like, uh, uh yeah, yeah. The, I don't know if they're still called caddies, but they're still like the same kind of theory. Nah, still cat, still caddies um, are marked. Okay. Facelifts. Yeah. So I you have like, if you had tons like an of equivalent. No. So in America, um, like I, I, do you guys, I, I know they're definitely in, I think Mexico, maybe Canada. I think it's called the Ruton or something like that. It was a pickup truck that Volkswagen made. I don't know if you guys got them in Europe. I don't think um, we got them. Yeah. Like, like we didn't even get a pickup ever, uh, from Volkswagen. Uh, I think my, my you know like eight, like 83 pickup was like the last pickup we got here um but uh like we've obviously so like we we had the the Eurovan which uh I think late 90s early 2000s you could get that like get it, you can get it even with a VR6 but it was more or less kind of like I think so you guys had like the LT vans over there and then yeah. later on like you guys still have like Eurovan type things over there like brand new ones I think um we had something like that. It didn't sell very well here. You see them quite often, like as as like campers and stuff, like at campgrounds. Um, but yeah, as far as like a caddy, like a kind of like a, a multi-purpose utility vehicle like that, no. Nah, I mean, wow. I can't think of anything. No. Nah. Well, not to worry. But um, <laughs> so we're talking of you know we we've learned so much about you, Bobby. It's such an amazing you've got such an amazing story and a huge collection. You're clearly a lover of the history, and I'm I'm beginning to love and and try. I want to I want to go down a rabbit hole and find out and pull <laughs> out all this history just from hearing how passionate you are about it. Now, during like your whole well, since you've been sort of collecting all this stuff and paperwork and and all this literature, what is there? Has there any? Has there been any sort of instances or anything you've discovered by looking through the history for Volkswagen? Not not specifically the caddies and, and the um and the rabbits, but has there has there has anything stuck out to you and that you thought, whoa, I bet. I bet other people did not know this happened or this existed. Any sort yeah, of stories? It's funny. Yeah. Uh, so 
so you guys obviously, so we talked about it tonight. They, when Volkswagen came to America, they opened the Westmoreland plant and that was mm. in Pennsylvania. And they obviously, they, it was, it was literally called the rabbit, uh, assembly plant. And, uh, that was in 78. And, uh, it eventually, it, it kind of went into its demise, uh, with, uh, the Mark, Mark two era. Uh, I forget exactly what year it closed down, but it eventually it closed down. Um, it was a very unorthodox way that they opened it. And, uh, like they literally, um, they had union workers and the union workers were a bunch of young guys and they really didn't know what they were doing that well. And they brought over, I forget, it was like a hundred or something workers from over in, uh, in, in uh, Europe to uh, get the factory going. And it was just, it was kind of just, it, they didn't really set it up too well for success. It kind of felt like it was a little bit kind of, like I said, unorthodox, but right. um, so they had that factory and a lot of people don't know, and I actually didn't even know this until um, earlier this year. I found on eBay a uh, it's like a bandana or like a, like a handkerchief looking thing, but it, it has rabbits like the logo of the rabbit in each corner, and then in, uh, underneath it on each corner it says um, I think it was like Volkswagen Sterling Heights plant, and I I never heard of it. So I started to do some some uh, different research about it and try to figure out what what this is and. Obviously, to me, I mean, when I look at an item online, I do a lot of kind of just uh, kind of huffing and puffing and looking it over it real hard to make sure it's like something legit. Mm. There's obviously shit that people make. And um, this had the look that it was, a, you know, original piece. So I bought it and I got it in the mail and I looked over it and I'm like, this is real. So I started to do research about it. And with that, I ended up finding out that uh, in the boom of, uh, more or less Westmoreland. So like in 80, um, Volkswagen. So, uh, actually before I tell you this, you should probably know that. So in Volkswagen, the Westmoreland factory was actually owned by uh, Chrysler corporation, which is, uh, more or less like, uh, Dodge and all that Plymouth, wow. uh, the big kind of, uh, was one of the big three here back then. And so what happened was, is, Dodge had this gigantic warehouse structure built with no floor in it. It was all dirt inside. And Volkswagen wanted to come to America, and they needed a building. And this building was perfect as far as its uh, square footage. So they actually did a deal with Chrysler. Um, I, I think it was partly cash, but they also – part of the deal was is that they would give them the blueprints to an eight-valve, four-cylinder engine so that they could make – a economy car like the Volkswagen. And I guess it may be in, in turn was to kind of create a movement of these economy cars because the gas, uh, there was like a big gas crisis back then. Wow. Uh, so we have all the big V8s and they did this deal with Chrysler. They ended up giving blueprints to make the eight valve engine like we have in most of these cars to put into more or less, which became the Plymouth horizon and the Dodge Omni. So they have, if you ever pop the hood on one of those, which you guys can't because you never got them, they have more or less what looks like an eight-valve Volkswagen engine in them. They changed the intake and stuff like that, but they look eerily similar. Wow. So that's actually how they allocated that plant, and uh, they uh, they put the floor in it and all that shit, and it was, you know, it's, it became what it was. So on the flip side, they're doing real well in 80, and they want to make another factory. So they go over to Detroit, and I'm sure you guys heard of Detroit. 
Um, sure. It's yeah. more or less, they call it Motor City. That's where like Ford started it and all that. And um, it's a huge. It's all the muscle kind of, cars, bro. Yeah. Uh, so they go to Detroit and there's an, actually a uh, building that they set their sights on. It was a, uh, I want to say, um, it was uh, originally, it was like a missile production plant for, you know, like missiles for war. And uh, they ended up, Volkswagen did a trade uh, to get the plant. Um, I can't remember exactly what they traded. Um, but they did the trade. And then obviously at the same time in 81, the sales plummeted, right? And they have this building now and they don't even, they did nothing with the plant at all. And they end up, since they realized that they're kind of tanking right now, going down in sales, they sold it to Chrysler to 120 million and never used it. They never, they've even broke ground on it. And a lot of people don't even know that happened. And, it was only because I found this this collectible piece of you know whatever you want to call it a bandana or whatever that yeah. said VW Stirring Heights plant on it with a rabbit, and it, it like stuff like that blows my mind because like as we get older and all these people that have this information you know start to obviously unfortunately pass away, stuff like this kind of just dies with them, and sure. it's only because of these little things that you know we can find these like you know pieces of puzzle that we find out these information about it. And Amazing. that's like a big thing for me is trying to get that out. Like as soon as I found that, I think I posted it like all about all of that on my story and had all these people like, what? Like, I'd never heard of that. That's crazy. I think that's so important as well is just to try and tell these stories. You should honestly do a YouTube channel, man. And just, <laughs> just be like, Today I started a YouTube at- channel like, uh, like maybe two years ago. Right. Uh, it's. I'm sure you've seen my other Instagram, Type Seventeen. If you haven't, you should, because there's a lot of cool information on there. No, but, I need uh, to. Yeah, uh, it's at type, and I think it's just. I think it's all one word. Seventeen. I forget. We'll, we'll um, definitely link it in the show notes. Yeah, uh, but so I made a YouTube series to try to help people, kind of just like like. So when I when I uh, when I warped my head, I did a whole series on how to clean an aluminum cylinder head how to clean your engine block, all this kind of stuff, how to rebuild wow. diesel injectors. And uh, the problem with it was is just how much time it took because, like, I just – I don't I like things to look the way that I want them to. Of course. So I was spending way much more time than I wanted to, so I kind of lost interest. But, yeah, so I had something like that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I That's why I tried I, – I made the Instagram page, which I, I slack on as well, unfortunately. But it's just – it's so interesting, though. Oh, it like, is. It really there's so is. much interest. It's so there's so much information uh, that's still left to be kind of you know unearthed about stuff. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, okay. So I, I'm just cautious of the time. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, take too much of your time. I've just got a couple more things that I wanted to ask you. So, talking of like your collection, you've got a, a fuck ton of stuff. It, <laughs> there's no denying that. But I want to know. Like what is like what are your favorite pieces of your collection? Because am I right in saying you've got this huge like Volkswagen sign that looks like from a dealership? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's one of my most prized things because I've never wow. seen another one, and uh, it came from a dealership kind of not too far from where I lived in New Jersey. Um, and I actually, it's crazy. I, I found it on eBay. Wow, um, the best it, place uh, to buy anything. Yeah. <laughs> 
I, yeah, I spent way too much money on that shit. Um, so, yeah, that is actually an original dealership showroom poster um, for uh, the uh, more or less the economy marathon, which was, I believe it was 1977, where they brought out the diesel. And uh, it more or less on there it literally says Volkswagen does it again. And it wow. says like it so it says like uh what's well, it says Volkswagen one two three in U.S. economy marathon big on top and then it says Volkswagen does it again which is their slogan back then and underneath that it says like the fuel economy for like a Dasher uh, like a eight valve gas engine and then it it, sa- it says uh, dot 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 and again underneath that and it talks about a rabbit uh, gas engine as well and then it says dot 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 and again and it talks about the 50 mile per gallon uh diesel that just came out wow and, uh, it's you know it's all original it has like the correct volkswagen america um copyright shit on the bottom and it's definitely it came so what was cool was when he shipped it to me he shipped it in a, a mailing tube and then when i opened the mailing tube it was another mailing tube inside and i pulled that out and that was the original mailing tube that Volkswagen of America sent it to the dealership. And oh, it had wow. all the dealership's name, address, and like the part number, I think, even or something for it, because they had to put part numbers on everything. Um, and so it was yeah. like a double whammy. Yeah. I, it was, I, so instantly I was like, I got to frame it. And then for some reason, Volkswagen back then used completely weird sizes for the posters. So there was mm-hmm. nowhere to buy one like locally. And then getting one made was like more than the poster. So I went uh, to a like a secondhand thrift store and I ended up finding like some ugly ass painting that had the perfect size frame. <laughs> and I literally the the painting is like behind the uh, the the the, uh, the poster. That's but, amazing. Uh, yeah, that's definitely probably. I mean, it's 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 large in a charge. I mean, when you walk in my house, it's it's the first thing you see. Um, but yeah, I definitely, there's like other things that are like, like I have an original Volkswagen, uh, rabbit assembly plant engineers jacket that the engineers wore at the plant. Um, that one's, that one's Hold air for you these. <laughs> so, uh, so obviously like, you know, a lot of stuff is eBay. I use a lot of different keywords and I spent a lot of my time here on earth searching for shit. Um, a lot of nights, you know, kind of when I'm just chilling out after work and I'll be sitting on the couch, I'll just kind of flick through all my normal kind of shit and, uh, see if there's anything new. Um, but the, uh, so what was kind of interesting is, is I've had two different occasions now where I have found something on eBay and it's pretty obscure. It's not like a normal rabbit thing that I've seen before and, uh, I'll buy it and then, I'll message the seller and say, hey, can you give me some information about this? Like, do you know anything? And there's been two instances. I do it all the time. Almost like everything like that I buy. There's two instances where it was actually two different um, retired Volkswagen salesmen from back in the day that sold rabbits. And the one guy that I bought, I, I, bought, oh, I bought everything he had. Um, he would take anything that they threw in the dumpster at the night and bring it home. And I'm talking like old brochures, memorabilia, giveaway stuff, anything. And just, just people don't think about like, like you see something on eBay and you're like, oh damn, that's sick. You buy it and then you can't wait for it to get here. And then you you take it out of the box and you put it on the shelf. But if you think further than that, what's the origin of it? Okay. Well, it's coming from somebody. You're buying it from somebody. Maybe they know something about it. (laughs) 
the best shit I've ever found is through, you know, word of mouth. And I mean, uh, I found the, so I found that jacket, the engineer's jacket by chance. I bought, um, I bought something Westmoreland related on eBay. I hit up the guy and he ended up being a Westmoreland Volkswagen collector. He didn't care about rabbits. He just loved the plant because his dad lived there. That's amazing. You know, he had crazy stuff and I bought almost all of it as well. So, do you know, there's something I thought about, right? Quite recently. So, I thought about it. I was like, how do you be? It was just part, it was Volkswagen I was thinking about at the time, but it could really be applied anyway. How do you know something's going to be collectible? Like, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. Mark well, on Golf, right? Like, was obviously an iconic car, right? But there's a guy here that uh, is, he's not in, he's in Scotland, but he's not in Edinburgh where I stay, who bought a Mark 1 GTI back in the day and he's got like he's got some of them crazy like 200 miles on it or something okay and he bought a brand new and he's still got it and it's immaculate right and he's kept it as a collector's piece but to think about that he would have had to know back in 1980 something like 82 or whatever that that's going to be a collector's item because why on earth would you just buy a car brand spanking new and not drive it <laughs> Right? Well, is it yeah. relative? Like, because so, I, yeah, I definitely think it is. Because yeah. so, like so is you this, could have everything, like, or well, yeah, like you could have a pair of shoes that you'd never used, and then forty <laughs> years down the line, and when everyone's wearing hover shoes or whatever, <laughs> you could be like, look, <laughs> yeah. this is what we I mean, yeah, have. It's definitely different, obviously, because it's it's a vehicle. It takes up a lot of space, sure. it's a lot more money. But I, so whenever I see a rabbit with low mileage. There's always a cool story about why it yeah. has low mileage. And yeah. every single one is different. But for the most part, most of them are like, you know, an older person bought one and they lived like, you know, a mile away from the supermarket or a mile away from the yeah. doctor. Yeah. And they just, that's literally, that's the only reason they drove it. And, uh, or like, you know, my truck, it sat forever because of like a weird circumstance. So, like, yeah, it's definitely circumstantial on why it has low mileage. But as far as, like, how do you know something's going to be collectible, the best yeah. thing I could tell you is that if something is made as a collectible, it'll never be a collectible. That's, that's like, that's literally uh, okay, I get, that's I get you. cut and dry. That's what it is. If you buy something that says it's collectible, it's never going to be worth anything, really, in my opinion. It's the stuff that nobody really thought to keep or wanted that all of a sudden comes back around, it's trendy or it's something that just is really obscure that now there's, you know, there's some type of demand for it and there's no supply and that makes it collectible. Wow. Well, just recently in 2019, I bought a Volkswagen Up GTI. I want one of those. Dude, so I bought one brand spanking new. (laughs) Oh, man. And I had like I got every optional extra on it, and I thought I was thinking this is how it all came around in my head. But I was like, I wonder like if I had kept that, like pretty would it be mileage, worth a bunch now. Would yeah. it be worth a fortune like in twenty years, thirty years time? Right, right. Because if it has low miles, it tends to be. <laughs> yeah, because be because there's no other up GTIs. Yeah, it's yeah, like a yeah, one of we, we never got them. Yeah, that yeah, was because of, like, that's the right. So the American European market never got them. Cars. 
but yeah. they're fucking awesome cars. Like no, really, really they're cool. They're so sick, man. Because they're small. They're like small like a rabbit, you know? Dude, they're, like, they're I mean, honestly even, like, like the Polo. You guys got like the newer Polos. They're still yeah, smaller yeah. than like a, a normal Golf. Dude, honestly, see the up, see the up, fast as in him. Yeah. Like it was so quick for what it was. Like you were you were in the pure comfort inside it, but it was so fast. Yeah. And it was like a mini GTI. Like, yeah, like man. I got 82 mile a gallon in it. What? Yeah. 82? 82 when I was going down. Gallon? Was, yeah, man. I was going down to England and I was on the motorway and I, I was at an average of 82 mile a gallon. And I was fucking. The government here would probably put you in jail and take it and bring it to Area 51 and Mate, do experiments <laughs> on that bro. car. 82 this way, bro. miles a gallon. You were not, I was not fucking just toddling away at 60 mile an hour. Put it this way. Like, I was in sixth year fucking flying. You but... have to have that, though, because uh, petrol over there is so fucking expensive. Yeah, you man. Pay, you guys pay by the liter. 82 mile a gallon. It was fucking crazy. And oh I was like, this is fast as in him. And I'm getting 82 mile a gallon average. I was like, this is phenomenal. <laughs> for like a one liter car that's and crazy it, but i thought to myself i was like imagine i just wrapped that up and kept it out of the way oh yeah and just yeah. like I'm would sure, that be worth I'm a sure lot of ask for every seat man there's always going to be someone that wants one but low mileage looks like it helps in any yeah, circumstance definitely. It's typically it's in good shape Bro, well, I'll, I'll i'll get you one man we'll well, to end the um, discussion on um, collecting, like my last question about that is, is there any items that you have always wanted but never could get hold of? Is there anything you got your eye on now? Oh, man. Yes. <laughs> a Mark One caddy. Uh, I want like the original folder that you used to get when you bought it. Okay. And I want also, when you would have bought one, there would have been an optional extra brochure, kind of like every optional extra you could have got. I've seen those on eBay, yeah. Yeah, but I've never, I've just never got one. But I would like one. Wow. Yeah, Bobby, what, what about you? Oh, my God. I have so much shit, dude. Um, Aye, there's nothing he nothing can get. I, He's got everything. <laughs> there's nothing got a factory. Never, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um Oh man, I mean, yeah, I don't know. The problem for me is, is like the the thing that I want most is a thing that I don't know exists yet. So it's like impossible to tell you, you know? Yeah, for sure. Like if if like another dealer poster popped up that was completely different, like that looked like that, I don't know it exists, but I definitely would want it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the thing that I want the most right now and that I've wanted since I've gotten my truck is anything that's related to the dealership that it came from because it has uh, its original dealer badge on the tailgate. Okay. And like for me, like that reigns supreme over like anything I have in here because that's special to me and my truck. Yeah, um, definitely. But like dealer specific stuff, unless it was like a really well popular known dealer, it's hard to find stuff. And the dealership my truck came from, it was literally like open for like the tail end of air cooled. And then they like shut down like after like the rabbits came out, I think in like 80, 81, they closed the dealership or something. So it was barely ever open. And like, I've went to the, like the degree of, I actually called the, um, the, the company that more or less is in the building that it was in to ask if they had just like anything, they found anything or anything. Cause they've been there for a while. 
and wow. uh, I hit I hit a complete dead dead, dead end with it. So oh. I could I always search for stuff for it, but uh, yeah, definitely that's one thing that like I'm always searching for and I never find kind of thing. Sure. Oh well, um, Aaron, I don't know if you have any more questions or or maybe Bobby, if you have any questions for us over in the UK. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, you guys. I, you, so you, you, I mean, you guys got got the caddy. So I mean, it's like it's a it's a totally uh, it's it's just interesting to me because I've never gotten to view because I'm really analytical. Like, I'll, if if I was there, I'd go over your entire trucks like with a fine tooth comb to figure sure. out like all the differences. Yeah. Um. But like, yeah. I, I mean, I I feel like at this point, like I I know almost like all the kind of like differences. And there's I mean, there's been like weird stuff. Like I've looked through brochures for like options and stuff for your trucks because obviously they they would fit mine. Right. Um, but like, is so like over there. Is there like stuff that like for your trucks that were like only European that like you guys lust after or that you're trying to locate all the time that are hard to find? I wouldn't know. Maybe Aaron, you might know. I'd like a tailgate. <laughs> <laughs> you already have a tailgate. Yeah, but I want a nicer tailgate. Oh right, okay. Oh my god. I want like a tailgate so straight, honestly, like Volkswagen themselves would be like, I don't even think we built them as straight as that. <laughs> yeah. That's what I want. That's the thing, isn't it? It's such a shame. It's it's the one thing that always crops up in a conversation is like, is your tailgate straight? Like, have you had it stolen? Have you had any issues? How do you keep it yeah. straight? It's such yeah, a oh, it annoys me to the high heavens because I had that other one. Mm. And because I yeah. sold it on the caddy that I had previously, it's like I can never get over it. Yeah, sure. Like, yeah, it just sucks. pisses me off, man. I'm just like, fuck. I should well, fucking get that tailgate. <laughs> I I have a question for for both of you. Episode one, we didn't get round to this, but um, I spoke about it on episode two with uh, the wizard, and it is uh, what is your sort of go to driving music now? Before you answer, like I don't know if you heard in the previous episode where I said. In mine, because mine's sort of like a 1985 caddy, and because I'm into like old school rock music, like the old greats, like Led Zeppelin. Oh yeah, and all that stuff. And I try and I don't even try. I, I listen to a lot of stuff from the era that my truck is from, if that makes right. sense. Yeah. So I wanted to know, like, and it might be different from every, for everybody. Like, what do you guys listen to when driving your um, I know it's a silly question. I'm just interested. No, I I actually, like, this is going to sound so stupid, but I genuinely, uh, when I got a caddy when I was younger, I uh, it was sort of like the closest thing I could get to, like, a hot rod, like, that right. felt like a hot rod because it was like a pickup, exactly like Bobby said earlier. It's like an El Camino. Yeah. So you, you feel like you're, like, I remember you used to drive it, and I used to listen to, like, like, I used to listen to, like, a mix of, like, Cypress Hill and, like, so I, like, I felt like I was in a lowrider. Yeah. It was so low, yeah, my yeah. old one. And it was like painted like Porsche gold. So like I felt like a fucking like some sort of like dude from like a gang, like in a lowrider. And then yeah, right. yeah. like it was a it was a non-turbo diesel, but it had a straight pipe on it. So it sounded like a fucking V8. So I was like <laughs> used to like kick about like 18 year old, like, yes, this is an app. So like I'm driving a hot rod. Yeah, and, and bro, that's all I listen to is I listen to the same stuff now. I listen to like Cypress Hill. I listen to like ACDC. 
like Motorhead, like that sort of like Led Zeppelin, like all that type of stuff, Black Sabbath and stuff. Because like, yeah, it fits the car, and I like listening to that type of shit when I'm driving, like that type, of, like that car. Sure, yeah. like if, that I makes feel like I'm sense. driving a fucking like a hot rod or American, like something cool, like powerful, even though it's got like fifty brake. <laughs> <laughs> what, you know what, what I mean? about you, Bobby? What what sort of stuff are you? What's your driving music with the, so, uh, the rabbit I pickup? Think, so, like, I, I've I, I've had points uh, in the past four years where I actually daily drove the the truck, and uh, I think when you daily drive it, it changes for you. Uh, I think you more or less you listen to whatever you want. You listen to what you're in a mood for. Just because the sheer fact of it's your daily driver, it doesn't become that old classic. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's right. like it's 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 getting you from A to B at that point. Um, when it's not that kind of thing, like right now, when I hop into it, because like when I'm in my mini, I listen to anything. But when I when I when I hop into the uh, the truck, um, so I, I, like I'm an old soul. Like I, I, I everything you guys are saying. I, I love all of that. Like I, I'm big on big on Led Zeppelin, uh, Metallica, all that kind of shit, and I love yeah. that. Um, so the truck, unfortunately, has an AM radio in it, and which uh-huh. in America it's useless. Uh, I have an AM FM, but um, I usually I'll throw like a, a portable speaker in the truck if I'm doing like a long. Oh, journey. dude, and it's, it's just it's so much yeah it's so much easier and it sounds better. Um, but I listen to like. In my daily life, I listen to like uh, a lot of like Frank Sinatra, uh, Dean Martin, uh, oh, like, wow. like oldies, and uh, I, I enjoy all that. But uh, I mean, when when I'm in that truck though, like I love like '80s '80s hip hop, '90s hip hop. Uh, I mean, yeah, anything man. old school, it just fits fits the mood. Like it's coming through. The trucks you know, for anything, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it, it does. I mean, you could. I mean, it, obviously, if you drive down a road with like some crazy electronica and stuff like that, it might not fit the bill. But who really gives a shit at that point? You know, what I'm saying whatever makes, whatever completes the, the vibe experience. for you exactly in that moment that makes you happy is is the perfect music for you know for the truck and for you wow. at the time. Absolutely. But, yeah, it, it's, like it's definitely different though. Like when I'm driving, my John Cooper works. It's uh, I'm not. It's it's whatever the whatever my mood is that 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 moment for sure. Wow, I didn't expect you to say like Frank Sinatra and stuff like that. It's amazing. Yeah, like I, when I say old soul, I, I do have a, like that weird side to me. I, I I really quite enjoy that time era because I feel as much as there was in America, as much as there was like a lot of bad things going on, and uh, you know, like a lot of you know, like, like the racism and all that shit. There was like this, like I was talking about earlier. There was like this huge like quality and being proud about like just you know how you you go out to dinner you dress real nice you know you, there's like there's this pride and mm. just you know what you did and uh it's really it's really cool when you can just turn that kind of music on and then close your eyes and then obviously not driving but uh <laughs> close yeah. your eyes and and just feel what they were feeling back then and it's just i don't know yeah so yeah when i say frank sinatra like there's some people that say he doesn't sing. He just, you know, kind of talks in a melody. I don't care. I mean, at the end of the day, you can you can hear what the man is trying to get. And all this shit is like, it's real music. Like the dudes, you know, it's a sure. story and it's it's cool. Yeah, it's, that's why I like that stuff. It's cool. Oh, amazing. Well, it's funny you say that. I it's not, this is probably completely different, but someone who I've gotten into over the past couple of years is a guy called Coulter Wool. Coulter Wool. 
Coulter Wool. Yeah, he's an American guy, and he's very young, but he's got such a deep, deep voice. Okay. Um, I'll link him after uh, after the show, but um, God, you need to listen. It's like Western, sort of like, uh, yeah, something you would hear on like the Red Dead Redemption 2 soundtrack. Oh, dude. oh yeah, I love that, I love game. that shit. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking at him right now on Spotify. I'll, yeah, I'll Cold to Wall. There's, there's a particular album that you need to listen to, and it's just, it's amazing. And it's definitely like one of those albums that you listen to when driving. And it's like from start to finish. Oh like, man, yeah. You know, and like if you were like out west here, like in America, driving with that yeah. on in the truck, that's yeah. That, <laughs> yeah, that's I, honestly the um, the music really for me when you drive these old classics, whatever you were listening to in that moment, like, and and you have like a memory, it's so vivid because of like you can hear the song, you can see the stuff you saw in that memory definitely and it, 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 it's like it almost like it just like ties it all together like when i first drove the truck after i did the full swap and so after i did the second head i drove the truck home from the shop i get here i pop the hood and the timing belt half of it was completely shredded off and it was on there by like a couple threads still like it almost threw time and completely destroyed the engine after all that wow. and i found out that the injection pump uh, the bearing inside went bad and the actual pulley was cockeyed, allowing the belt to ride off. So I replaced the pump and everything in the parking lot at my apartment here. And the first drive on that, me and my girl went out west here. To, there's like a bunch of horse country. And I pulled over and I actually have a picture. I'll send it to you. It's like it's all purple flowers and there's like this picket fence and then there's these these horses running out in the field and the pictures, I couldn't believe it, how it all came together, but I can, I can hear and see and feel driving down that road and the wind going through my girl's hair, looking over the sun coming through the window. And we were, Oh God, we were listening because it's AM radio. So it's whatever comes on, comes on. And there was like Mm. an 80 song that came on and it was just like, it's so vivid because of like the song and the truck and everything. It's, so yeah, music definitely plays a huge part. I mean, that that's definitely a good question. Yeah, sure. the memories we create, huh? Oh Absolutely. yeah, hundred percent. Wow, uh, uh, Aaron, have you got any anything else you wanted to add? Like, uh, any, any closing questions? I don't think I've got any closing questions. Actually, all I would say is it's been a pleasure to speak to you, Bobby. To be honest, man. Yeah, oh, been a totally yeah. different side, man. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and no, I, I, so like you, like you saw, like I did, I did a podcast with two guys uh, from the states, and it was, it was so much fun. I had a great time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, when when you reached out to me, I was just like, yeah, podcast, let's ride, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I, I really appreciate that you, uh, you know, you had some type of interest in uh, in, in me and in, in what I'm doing here. And uh, yeah, if you ever need me on the show again or any questions about anything, man, both of you guys feel free. That's amazing. Ears Cheers, and man. eyes and everything. Yep. No no problem. Bobby, and, uh, thank you so much. Time out to tell your stories that I'm I just I just found, I could sit here and just listen to your stories all night, honestly. It's it's I, it's I, amazing. I think you have a new record. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, was it <laughs> longest podcast ever? Yeah, it was definitely the longest podcast. Three and a half hours. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, it's got, it's totally worth it. If anyone's doing a long drive, like this is... Yeah, if you're still here, we appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, you. congrats, man, if you're still here. You should yeah. get a shirt for being at the end of Absolutely. the Absolutely. <laughs> now, we'd love to have you back on the show 
at any time as well. Mm. Like even just to sit in and just if we're talking yeah. about something else and you know things going forward. But um, you yeah, know, if it makes it, sense, man. Let me know. I'm, I'm absolutely. I'm and for anybody listening, you go and give these guys a follow on Instagram. I'm going to link their Instagrams in the um, yeah. in the show notes. Go, it's totally worth it. Go and give them a follow. And uh, mate, just thank you again, and thanks, Aaron, for adding yeah, to the discussion. It's just always great to to speak yeah, to just, you. Just pull me in whenever, dude. Um, I'm easy, man. Yeah, it's always nice to have like more than two people because there's a lot yeah. more kind of like viewpoints and just overall kind of like stories and stuff. It, exactly. It, it, that was like yeah. the other one I was on. It was it was three of us, and uh, it just you, you kind of bounce off each other instead of going back and forth. Of which course, is, which is definitely. yeah, it's, it's cool. It's more fluent, yeah. Yeah, yeah man, guys, thank you again for being yeah, on man. the show. I'm I'm I, truly honoured, really. I wish your podcast the best of luck. I do. thank yeah. you so it's, much. It's a, yeah. it's a cool idea, and when I when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, I definitely support that. I mean, how can how can you? Oh, it's oh. it's crazy. This is the third episode, and it's taken off like like wildfire. Really, has. I think it's just because it's such a niche, and there's not. Um, this, this is the only podcast dedicated to Volkswagen caddies or, or rabbit pickups. This is the only one. Yeah. Because I mean, I, I, it's like me and Aaron had the discussion before where it's like, um, you know, we, we'd we love to have where we could listen to people talking about um, the Volkswagen caddies and all the rest of it. And it's the like, shit well, that we like it. Yeah. And it's like, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and start one. And like, I'll be the one. So, Perfect. Yeah. Well, mate, thank you again. And both of you enjoy your week. And uh, I will see you guys again soon. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. Have a good night. Take care, guys. Guys, thank you so much for listening to today's show. Like I said in the break, if you want to get in touch with the show, please do send me an email. It's uh, themonstercaddy at gmail.com or better yet, find us on Instagram at themonstercaddy and send me a direct message to get your question across. And hopefully we'll, uh, we'll ask it in the next episode. So I just wanted to say a massive thank you to Bobby and Aaron for joining me on today's show. I had an absolute blast. I felt like I learned so much and uh, it, was, it was just great fun to just chat shit about pickups volkswagen pickups like always so hope you guys enjoyed remember to hit the subscribe button and follow along the podcast and uh, make sure you're here for next week's podcast episode it's going to be a really exciting one i'm not going to give anything away but you're definitely going to want to tune in and listen to podcast episode number four it's going to be great thanks again for listening and i'll see you guys in the next one Thank you.